0: Reindeer are famous for flying, being rude to those that are different from them, and fiercely defending Johnny's Turbo Man action figure that's nestled safely under their tree. But one reindeer has an unusual nose that's even more famous. Researchers have spent entire minutes figuring out why red color is best color for glow nose, so that we can have a better understanding of the story's scientific accuracy. But it turns out that seeing red is actually a good thing if you're a reindeer here in life, death, and taxonomy.
1: Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe.
0: And I'm Carlos.
1: Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify.
0: And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can visit us uh, on Facebook or Twitter at LDTaxonomy or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com and Thank you to our patrons, Tristan Taylor, uh, Carol Raspalich, and Jess Raspalich. Thank you for supporting the show.
1: Yeah. Uh, And today we're talking about the Titans of the Tundra, the Servids of Santa. But more on that later.
0: Wow, you came up with some good ones. Santa's Servids. I had to
1: bring it because we forgot to do that little intro blurb last time because we had some housekeeping.
0: Oh, do we? <laughs> yeah, good. I, I kind of, uh, I was, uh, just s- scraping the bottom of the creative barrel today for, uh, for my, uh, for my nicknames. Um, but I think I got some. But I like, the, I like Sant, this Servative Sant. <laughs> uh, it sounds, um, s- something sounds wrong about it, but in a right way. But Anyway, what are we talking about?
1: We're talking about the reindeer. Yes, we are. And we made it. We made it for winter, but we didn't make it for Christmas.
0: Yeah, this one. The, the, as I started building out the major fact, I was like, "Man, this would have made a good Christmas one." And then I was thinking, should we wait until this upcoming Christmas? And then, nah, nah, nah. We don't work it's like that. Still good
1: for winter in some where right now as we record there's a winter storm dumping snow on the north of this country so you know what this one's for you guys we're sitting here in the like what what temperature is it up there in Jacksonville pretty still pretty pretty nippy but not dumping snow
0: yeah now it's in the 50s but it was 28 yesterday morning so that's pretty it cool was for 49
1: Florida. last night.
0: It could have it could have snowed in uh, in Jacksonville, but it did not. That would have shut things down more than anything had it snowed. <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about the reindeer, and as I get into what what the other things it's called, I feel like I'm about to open eyes, uh, change people's worlds. Uh, because in, until I started researching this. I did not know this. And, Joey, you mentioned this. Uh, you texted me earlier today uh, saying that you had just learned this as well. Um, but another thing that the reindeer is called, this is what science sometimes calls it, is a caribou. Yeah. It's same thing. Reindeer and caribou
1: are the same animal. Now, in America, I... Um, when it's domestic it's a reindeer and when it's wild it's a caribou
0: yeah but it's it refers to the same yeah binomial nomenclature the same genus and species
1: in in a, in Europe in Europe it's always a reindeer
0: and in my mind up until this point caribou were just a different kind of deerish thing yeah like you had elk you had moose you had regular deer and you had caribou and reindeer
1: there's also a ton of different subspecies. Yeah, there and are, and they can look quite different, but they're the same, same binomial name.
0: Yep. Uh, so it's also yeah, so it's called the caribou. Um, I'm, but we're gonna call it here the um I Sven. Boo.
1: What? Because I don't care about Sven. S-
0: Sven Svensen, the guy who can hold his breath for more than 22 minutes.
1: I thought you were talking about. I care yeah. about Sven. Sven. I'm just. kidding. I thought you were talking about the, it's the caribou. Re-
0: the reindeer. The caribou from um, from Frozen. <laughs> yeah,
1: although it's probably a reindeer in Frozen because that is in a Nordic country. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, or whatever they whatever uh like Norwegian word they they have for for reindeer. Um, and we're also going to call it Rudolph's Red Rosacea Rally.
1: Speak, speaking of uh, Scandinavian, speaking, <laughs> uh, remember when we were talking about the the guy who has the record for the elephant bar lift?
0: Yeah, last episode.
1: That guy, um, Half Thor Bjornson. Oh, oh yes, is oh the yes. mountain. Oh, he's the mountain from Game of Thrones. Huh.
0: I just admitted uh, they, that I watched Game of Thrones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't I didn't watch all of it. Did you wa- you didn't watch all of it? No,
0: I, I I I couldn't take it anymore. Um but yeah, that that's a big that's a big Brosif. And I if anybody could lift that much weight, I would totally uh believe that he can. Yeah. Cuz he is he is the mountain. They actually found someone who most more or less fits the description from the book um yeah how about you uh taxonomize uh half Thor bjornson for us <laughs> okay uh he's a
1: human being uh that's subspecies large <laughs> yeah, he's, he's uh homo sapiens sapien grand- grandiosa lar- grandiose um musculus let's let's get into the taxonomy of the reindeer it's in the kingdom you know love and or in. Kingdom Animalia. It's in the phylum Chordata. You know what that means. It's in the class Mammalia because you know it's Carlos's animal, so he always does mammals. I
0: always do mammals. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> the order is Artiodactyla, which is even-toed ungulates.
0: Um, or
1: odd? Even-toed ungulates. Yep.
0: Yeah, like the humpback whale.
1: Yeah, that's the best example we can think of. <laughs> yep. Not the giraffe. Not a cow. Not a back whale. Um, the family is cervidae, and that is deer. True deer are it's hooved ruminant mammals.
0: It's a cervid,
1: And it's in the subfamily. Capriolinae? New so World deer?
0: It, so it's a goat.
1: Those are New World deer, but that is... Um, about nah. the caribou, and about the reindeer that is, uh, um, deceiving.
0: Because it spans new and old world.
1: Yes. Very interestingly. Um, it's in the tribe Rangiferini. Rangiferni, Rangiferrini? Softji, Harji?
0: Rangifer, Rangiferrini? Like r- range?
1: Yeah. And or guess what wrangle. that
0: is? Guess what that is?
1: Yeah, it's caribou.
0: Yeah, I figured. <laughs>
1: uh, it's funny. There's the the tribe is, it's the only member of its tribe. The genus is Rangifer, and the species is Rangifer Tyrandus.
0: I think it's because it's not um, sexually isolated. So, kind of like a dog, there are lots of different subspecies, um, but... They can all mate with each other, so they're not right. different species. They are all...
1: They're not geographically... I, well, they are now, but when there was some sort of Bering Strait, there was... Other, uh, yeah. They, they, okay, we'll talk about their range.
0: Yeah, but since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, nitty-gritty nomenclature, <laughs> because I know you know what a group of this animal of reindeer is called a sleigh Uh, yeah it's called a uh, santa's sleigh s-l-a-y um (laughs) so this is the part of the show where i ask uh you joe a question and it's different this time it's what is uh what is the translation for this word and uh i don't it's not i don't have one for the nomenclature but i do have one for the word caribou interesting it is a mix between french and algonquian uh which is the native native canadians um a mix of those two words to describe the animal we're talking about so does it mean a snow shoveler b strong hoof c river walker or d majestic horns
1: Snow shoveler. I'm gonna go with snow shoveler because if it if it's not right, it's a good fake one. Is it your final final answer? answer? Yes. Ding ding ding.
0: <clears throat> You're correct. It is snow shoveler.
1: It uh, it, we'll talk about why that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I forgot you knew some stuff about this animal. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, and I also I thought I'd get you with majestic horns because it's like oh they don't have horns they have antlers, um but you know like did the Algonquins know that back in the 17th century when they were classifying this thing? Probably yes, they not. did.
1: Yes, they did.
0: They knew the difference between horns and antlers and like and classified the, them as such.
1: Yes, the powers of observation.
0: <laughs> it, it, it mattered to them scientifically. They
1: they would not have. Oh, no, they would have been... They might have been aware of an animal with horns, the bison.
0: Yeah, but, like, would it matter that those were horns and that the deer had antlers? Could matter. They're like, uh... Use
1: every part of the animal.
0: And you can use horns and antlers. Just, you can harvest antlers (laughs) because they grow back. True. Um yeah so snow, caribou means snow shoveler so that's the second thing that you probably didn't know um, about caribou first is that they're reindeer and two is that they are they're it's called snow shoveler which I, I and you can probably imagine why they're called that
1: yeah so have you se- ever seen a uh, reindeer
0: probably at like a zoo or something I've never been up that far north
1: would you like me to describe it to you?
0: Sure. It's been a while since I've seen the Santa Claus 2.
1: It's a meme. That's a meme. Um, what? It's a TikTok thing. It's probably from some movie I don't know about. Would
0: you like me to describe anyway, it to you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, is it? Is it? Is that when Legolas tells Gimli that he... Uh, no. Dang it. <laughs> that would be a meme I could get behind.
1: Oh, it's a soundbite from the show Skins, which I'm uh, only tangentially aware of.
0: I am more than tangentially aware of Lord of the Rings, so let's just go
1: with that. So am I. Yeah. Let's get into what it looks like. The reindeer is a cervid, so it has a deer-like body, Mm -hmm. though they are sturdier than, than, than what you might be thinking of when you're thinking of a deer. Their stockiness is somewhere between a deer and a moose. Well, a moose being the biggest and a deer being smaller and thinner
0: especially because you gave it too many cookies or muffins, sorry you give them the moose a muffin, you give the mouse a cookie
1: that's true, what do you give a deer? grass? a blueberry? Uh, they have thick, large antlers that can grow to be around 3 feet long give or take a good amount based on what subspecies you're talking about they have dense fur coats that keep them warm in the winter and in the Arctic. Um, and there are fourteen subspecies that range in color and size. Some are almost completely white, while others are dark brown. But many have uh, lighter colors on their bellies and um, a nice little scarf of like white or light tan. An ascot. Yeah, Ascot Fitzgerald. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, But let's talk about their relative (laughs) size uh, in relatable terms. Welcome to the Love Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We still don't have a new measure up intro for the year 2022.
0: The streak continues. So that
1: means we get to hear from an animal. Carlos has to guess what it is.
0: Ascot Fitzgerald is exactly what I would name a reindeer if I owned one.
1: Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Is that a... A river otter. Is it B, a beaver? Is it C, a human child? Or is it D, a baby chimpanzee? Hmm. I am going to go with A.
0: Um, river otter. Although I'm fairly certain that my human children have made that sound quite a bit. <laughs> when I say fa- fairly certain, I'm... One hundred percent certain. Just kind of a squeak. Yeah.
1: Final answer: river otter.
0: But yes, I'm going with going with river otter.
1: The correct answer is B for beaver.
0: uh I knew it was a water thing. I could hear the water there.
1: <laughs> there was no water. He was munching on like a carrot or something. Really, and it that sounded was just its mouth sounds.
0: It sounded like there was, uh, there was a bunch of water around.
1: No, it's uh, he's eating like a, a sweet potato. Oh, and it's like that, that's ambient room sound if you're talking about just the like white noise.
0: Yeah, it sounds, I mean, my room doesn't sound like that, but, you know.
1: But if you turn up your mic really high, yeah, it it would. Um, The gain. Okay. So, there are a lot of variations between subspecies in terms of size. Um, The following is for the boreal woodland caribou. Okay. So, their height at the shoulder. Uh, if you were standing next to it, how how high would it be? It's between 1.0 and 1.2 meters, or 3.9 feet. Okay. Smaller than a horse, but some can be up to 5 or 6 feet. Quite large. How many reindeer would go into the world's tallest snow person? <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. And here's
1: here's a hint. Don't give me any woke points. I say snow person because the particular snow being in question was female. In in that it was made with beautiful long eyelashes and a snowflake, uh stylish snowflake necklace um, and was named after a, a senator who was a woman. So this was a snow woman. It was also, it was made in Bethel, Maine a town that beat its own record after creating the world's tallest snowman in 1999. Both snow people had tires for teeth, even bigger tires for buttons, and uh, full 25-foot spruce trees for arms. She, the snow woman, was named after Maine's senator at the time, who was delightfully called Olympia Snow. That's A real human being. <laughs> S N O W E.
0: It's like the, it's like the evil president in the Hunger Games. <laughs> Not so delightful now, when it's Donald Sutherland that you're picturing.
1: Not snow delightful.
0: Uh, okay, well that gives. Uh, those are actually some pretty darn good hints. The tires and the and the trees, uh, as items were definitely help um so this is like a small mountain (laughs) of a a, a snow woman um i think this is like a frankenstein situation where they created the first one and then the snowman wanted a companion (laughs) and then hid underneath their house for a year and then (laughs) then tried to kill the person who made the snowman because he wouldn't give him a wife I'm 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 getting off track, but I imagine that's how it went down. Um, I guess we'll go with um, sixty feet. That would be very very big, but not so big that it's impossible. So we're gonna go with sixty feet, and I don't have to do any conversions because we're already working with feet. So I'm gonna say fifteen.
1: Fifteen reindeer.
0: Fifteen reindeer, stacked on each other's shoulders, could get to the top of this snow woman.
1: Final answer. Yep. The correct answer is thirty-one point three.
0: Oh boy, this is a this is a like a what one hundred and seventy foot. Twenty-two. No, one twenty-two. Olympia was
1: one
0: hundred twenty-two
1: point eight point zero eight feet, or thirty-seven point two meters. What was I thinking? I was just doing math wrong in
0: my head oh wow that is uh it's very tall i'm just again like when it comes to buildings i picture the building i used to work in and that was 60 feet tall <laughs> and that was it was enormous
1: yeah this was wow was tw- when you put it that way twice as big i've as stood that. next to that building I've stood- and this would be so much bigger <laughs> this would be tw- twice as
0: big as that building It's a 12 story building they, well, it would be taller than every building in Washington, D.C., except for maybe yeah. the Washington
1: Monument. It is very triangular. I'll give you that. I imagine. It, uh, it's got it this
0: tiny little head at the very top. This is a snowball for a head, but it's just a mountain with a snowball on top of it. It's really just cheating.
1: Um, It's wearing a hat. Uh, a big hat. Um, <laughs> not f- for a boon for you you get to build on the knowledge you already have so good. let's talk weight there are between 110 and 210 kilograms or 242 uh to 462 pounds oh boy heavy boy so how many reindeer go into olympia's weight and snow
0: oh boy
1: the, the weight of the snow, not including the weight of the tire.
0: I'm not going to be so, the one to estimate a woman's weight.
1: <laughs> it's the weight of the, the the snow only, not the tires, not the trees.
0: That liter- that could not possibly factor into my calculations. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I get it. I, I know it so well, but then the tires throw me off. I was like, ah, man, I forgot to add the extra, like, 40 pounds of tires. Um.
1: Oh, it's more than that. the The button tires are like.
0: I guess it's 120 feet, huh? So huge. that's a lot of tires, if especially if you have you going with the the like floor length gown, that's all that's buttoned all the way down for some reason.
1: Here's a hint.
0: Should I go with a million pounds, a thousand, here, or 500
1: tons? Here, her predecessor, who was named Angus King of the Mountain. Who's named after Angus King, the senator, the f- the governor and senator. They keep named, they times. keep
0: making these snow politicians,
1: and both have mountain names too. <laughs> King of the mountain, and then Olympia. Um,
0: oh yeah, her name is Olympia. <laughs> that totally went over my head.
1: Um, her prede- her predecessor Angus was made in winter and didn't melt until June. Olympia was completed in February and didn't melt until July.
0: Yeah, I mean, these are just basic. I am i haven't looked up the picture yet, but I'm just picturing a mountain with a, with a snow, like a, a large snowball
1: on top. Yeah, you, I saw some pictures of it, like, from start to melting. And at certain points, it's, like, leaning a lot. So you could not be anywhere near it.
0: Yeah, I'm imagining super like dangerous. I, chunks
1: of ice are falling.
0: Yeah. This thing is just calving like crazy. And sp- speaking of calves, reindeer. Uh, I'm going to say million pounds. It's 500 tons. So the answer is tw- 2,100. 2,200. We'll say 2,200.
1: 2,200 2, reindeer. Final answer. Mm-hmm. Correct answer was 138. Oh, boy. <laughs> Olympia Water's was thir- 13 million pounds.
0: Oh, man. I got to see a picture of this.
1: <laughs> if you want to see a picture of this, dear listener, you can click on the link. Uh, the hyperlink says World's tallest Snow Person uh, on eliteaxonomy.com. Are you ready for some fast facts before we get into the major fact?
0: Olympia Snow Snowman. Wow. That's a lot more snowman-ish than I was anticipating it to be.
1: <laughs> you thought it would just be a cone, but it looks like a snowman.
0: Yeah, it looks pretty good.
1: There's no, like, big round parts. It's just... It is a cone, but it looks like it's, it's good. It's got arms. It's got eyes. What is the nose?
0: Uh, probably just plaster or something like, or like um,
1: yeah that's probably just plastic.
0: Well like I'm looking at pictures of it melting and like trees are growing out the side of it <laughs> <laughs> Wow that's uh um, that is a big snow person snow lady All right yeah um, give us some
1: fast facts. okay there's a ton of information about the reindeer so this is only scratching the surface. Um, But reindeer grow antlers, which we've already talked about a little bit, which are distinct from horns because they are seasonal and fall off after mating season, but they're also distinct because they're made of bone, and horns are made of keratin, like hair and fingernails. Um, Reindeer are the only cervids in which the females also regularly grow antlers. Huh. Yeah. Like... A shark we've talked about in the past. I forget which one. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe you can remember. The reindeer conserve heat uh, with countercurrent heat exchange.
0: Isn't that the thresher shark?
1: Might be the thresher shark. Their veins and arteries are intertwined. Veins. Yep, it's
0: the thresher shark. I remember this. Veins uh, carry
1: blood to the heart, and arteries carry it from the heart.
0: Yep. Love it.
1: Is that correct? Yeah, uh, <laughs> sure. warm arteries flowing into the legs share heat with cool veins, um, that are flowing back into the body. And the arteries are, I, I read it, knotted and intertwined.
0: I'm literally not, I'm not, I'm not listening to you anymore
1: because <laughs> of your hemoglobin phobia. Hem- hemophiliac.
0: I'm not a hemophiliac. That's, a different thing. That's a, <laughs> I'm also not hemophobic. I don't have an uh, a debilitating fear of it. I just think it's disgusting and it hurts my brain. And aversions
1: blood and blood in veins.
0: Yep. Yep. So they've got it. They've got the blood. Um
1: All right, you just go on cruise control for the next sentence. <laughs> uh, so this keeps their <laughs> this keeps their legs cool and prevents overheating while running. But it also helps to maintain their core body temperature without the heart having to pump quickly. So it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Like the, the just the fact that like the the highways that are going to and from the heart in the legs are all intertwined so that they can share heat. Um, and they're not the only uh, Arctic animals to do this. There are foxes and. Moose also, I think, have this uh countercurrent heat exchange. So they also have crescent shaped cloven hooves that are ideal for digging. So they're what shovel feet or whatever their names are. Uh, are you done talking really about make, blood? Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm I, about I I
0: actually took off my headphones and <laughs> <laughs> So the
1: the the crescent crescent shaped cloven hooves. So they can dig in the snow, find stuff to munch on. Um, so there's snow shovels, sort of like, sort of like they do with their feet. What um, the the bison does with its head? You know, remember we talked about how it like
0: roots around, moves its
1: yeah roots around in the snow. It's like a truffle. Moves pig. a lot of snow so they can get the yeah the nice crunchy stuff underneath. So in the summer, their hard hooves become soft and spongy for more grip in the wet tundra. And in in the winter, f- fleshy, the fleshy pads of their feet tighten and shrink, exposing only the hard hoof to the ground. Hmm. So they adapt seasonally with their feet and their footwear. So do I. Yeah, I don't, because I don't live in a place where I need to. Um,
0: well, sometimes I wear flip-flops, but That's not true. now.
1: I, I only wear hip flip-flops to the beach.
0: I wear them to let my dogs outside when I have to stand there and wait for them to be done.
1: Reindeer knees click when they walk.
0: So they need knee replacements.
1: <laughs> no, it's by design. It's actually a tendon moving over a bone and snapping. Uh, the sound of a herd can be heard for miles allowing wanderers to locate the rest of the group and it's a it's a an example of mammalian percussive nonverbal communication
0: okay two things number 1 can you imagine if that was the sound effect that played whenever santa's reindeer were just galloping <laughs> across the skies was just the sound of crunching bones And two, I feel like this does not help them not get eaten.
1: It only occurs when the full weight of the body is placed on the foot. So it wouldn't happen to Santa's reindeer. So
0: so Santa Santa wouldn't be listening to a nonstop Cosmo Sheldrake song (laughs) for his whole entire flight.
1: I know Cosmo sheldrake listens to us on Twitter and there's almost no chance he listens to the podcast <laughs> listens to us he follows us on Twitter um but if he is that's you that's your next idea for your next song the sounds of the clicking knees of uh of
0: reindeer, reindeer and then sleigh bells over it and then that's that's just it <laughs>
1: yeah, that's like his next Christmas song this, yeah he, that's I, your, I your he's next ever free done bird. A Christmas song
0: I want 16 minutes of just that yeah
1: <laughs> uh but that's all i got for that there's tons more but all right let's move on to what you got
0: the major fact which i'm calling lobos and lichens uh actually that kind of works even on other levels like lichen throat huh anyway um reindeer are some of the only diurnal meaning daytime mammals. Uh, that can see light outside of the visible light spectrum, which is like from violet to red, a very short, uh, a small range of wavelengths that humans and most daytime mammals can see. Um, most other animals see light outside of the of the visible spectrum. It's actually the ex the the rule rather than the exception to to um to see shorter or longer wavelengths but for daytime mammals this is very rare and the uh the the reindeers got it. So light with longer wavelengths than red, uh, that goes into infrared and then light with shorter ra- wavelengths than violet go into ultraviolet and uh this is all th- these are all wavelengths that are cast by the sun onto the earth. And UV light is the primary source of light, uh, or electromagnetic radiation, at night. So we can't see the, the the visible light spectrum isn't really that available to us. So as humans, we can't see very much. But um, the uh, but there's a lot of UV light, especially reflecting off the moon. Um, and so uh, nocturnal animals with their special eyes and if you've ever shown a flashlight at like a cat or a raccoon or something like that a nocturnal animal you can see the reflective um parts of their their irises that allow them to take in this uv light and see much better at night Um, but that's common for nocturnal animals not very common for cervids um and uh and researchers have very recently run tests that Show that reindeer respond to changes in UV light only, so they can definitely see it and detect it. Um, the thinking here is that it helps them see better in the Arctic and subarctic regions that they live in, because twilight in these areas lasts for months. Uh, it's just constantly in, like in Alaska and northern uh, Canada and and uh, Scandinavia and Siberia. Uh, if you don't know this, they have this thing called the midnight sun, because if the further you get to the North pole, um, or the closer you get to the North pole, um, there are large portions of the year where the sun just never actually sets. Uh, it just kind of floats above the horizon. And so it's always twilight for large portions of the year. And so during this time, uh, UV light is very prevalent. It's, it's one of the m- more primary uh, wavelengths uh, available. So for humans, it can be very difficult especially with all the snow around. Um, if you combine the twilight with the blanket of white snow it's everywhere, uh, it can be really hard for humans and other daytime mammals to, to distinguish objects from each other and see very well. Uh, humans refer to this as snow blindness i don't know what other mammals refer to it as but they probably have some sort of grunt for it um and speaking of twilight <laughs> wolves they have fur and their fur absorbs uv light so they appear darker to the reindeer than the uh and in contrast to the snow around them than then uh they do to humans so where a human sees a wolf on against a snowy background and sees like a light gray and can see the wolf sure um but maybe not like it doesn't there's not that much contrast specifically like the wolf's coat is supposed to help it blend in um so uh it's can can be tough to pick out but for the reindeer they see like probably very very dark gray or like almost black shadow against the uh uh against the snow because the wolf's fur absorbs the UV light and the snow reflects it. Um, And this is also true for lichens on trees, which is what the reindeer eats a lot, especially in the winter. So this allows them to kind of very quickly spot where food is and where the enemies are. Um, That's why I called it Lobos and Lichens, uh, which is just their favorite restaurant. So at first, this is going to be like, that's it. That's my, that's the major fact. Isn't that interesting? But then I encountered an article, which was, uh, it's one of my favorite uh, articles now. uh, It was, it, 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 I'll, I'll just, I'll just explain it. Uh, so we all know that Rudolph's red nose saved the day on the year of that dreadful Christmas snowstorm. Uh, but there may be more to the fact that his nose was red than meets the eye. That article I mentioned uh, is on Frontiers for Young Minds, uh, and it was written by Professor Nathaniel Dominey, and uh, he covers this, the, the Rudolph having a red nose as a reindeer. In minute detail, with this like <laughs> tongue-in-cheek seriousness. I mean, it's structured like a. It, it has an abstract. <laughs> it's tr- it's structured like a like a legitimate, um, uh, like scientific sci- paper. scientific journal entry. Um, and it does have like legitimate data and stuff in there, but just <laughs> the way he structures it. Here's some of my favorite uh, lines from the article. Uh, quote. The story of Rudolph's nose and its brilliance in fog is familiar to most children, adults, and biologists. (laughs) (laughs) This is that third category. Um, Also, quote, as a general rule, scientists avoid studying anomalous traits. The fact that luminescent noses are so rare explains why the advantages and disadvantages of luminescent noses are practically unstudied. (laughs) uh and also quote the noses of reindeer have a complex system of blood vessels and are therefore quite warm if too much heat is lost from his glowing nose rudolph could risk hypothermia it is therefore extremely important for children to provide high calorie foods to help rudolph maintain his body temperature on christmas eve (laughs)
1: like cookies yes yeah but santa doesn't
0: eat them he gives them to rudolph so he doesn't die of hypothermia on your roof (laughs) (laughs) uh and then last quote uh such studies could shed new light on the amazing biology and vision of reindeer get it new light
1: because it's (laughs)
0: rudolph's nose um anyway nathaniel points out that fog especially thick fog diffuses all types of light which is why it's hard to see in fog um, but blue light in particular or light with shorter wavelengths like blue, violet and ultraviolet light tends to be suppressed even more by fog, uh, more than other and longer wavelengths. And so rain- since reindeer have eyes that are tuned to see short wavelengths, the UV, uh, they're virtually blind in the fog because it diffuses it. It suppresses all that light, um, which would render a midnight sleigh ride in the fog impossible uh but fortunately rudolph is not the blue-nosed reindeer (laughs) they chose it on purpose a red light travels furthest in the fog uh which would help anyone trying to see uh but it would be especially useful for dasher and the gang since uh they would be blind without it um (laughs) it doesn't just help them it makes it possible um but then this got me thinking like i imagine rudolph wouldn't be able to see anything like he's he he's got this snout that's sticking out like you can see your nose you can always see your nose now you're acutely aware of it um, but if you had a snout like a like a like a deer you would always be able to see this nose and if there's this thing that is so bright that it cuts through thick fog sitting at the end of your nose it's like shining a flashlight in your own eyes when you're trying to go forward. I think he, I don't think he would be and make a very good sleigh leader. He'd just be this blind. This bl- I feel like the ones directly behind him should be the ones that are... are no, like- they
1: can see. Everyone behind him can see, but Rudolph can't see a dank thing. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I guess Santa you, right? is
0: steering the sleigh. Yeah. Um, and he can see because of Rudolph's nose. But Rudolph is just l- staring directly into this... R- red beam like uh lighthouse that's at the on the end of his face um yeah it's kind of like that thing where you know you watch um in uh medieval movies or whenever somebody has a torch they always hold it in front of them like you can't you're yeah. not going to be able to see anything if you hold the torch to hold in front above of your you. head you're yeah you got to hold it behind you then you could see you're just going to see a torch uh and nothing else But anyway, yeah, uh, I thought that was interesting. And Nathaniel also thinks – he was kind of a buzzkill at the end, though, because he thinks that Rudolph's red nose uh, might be that way because it's, quote, infected with nasal parasites and simply red and swollen. (laughs) Thanks, Nathaniel.
1: We knew it was fake, Nathaniel. Gosh. (laughs) Um, Cool. But,
0: yeah, so – and there's more to that article. I mean, he there's a, there's a point in the original Rudolph story where Rudolph hides in some holly bushes because he wants his nose to blend in with the holly berries. Um, and uh, because he's really impressed with how she played Catwoman that one time. Uh. Um, but then he analyzes like the brightness and the spectrum of the berries on holly bushes and then uses that to analyze the this the um the exact color of rudolph's nose uh it it goes into excruciating detail um and this guy is a hero for it (laughs) um but yeah so that so we know two things for sure um that reindeer are also caribou and um Rudolph has a nose that is infected with nasal parasites. If those, if you walk away with two things, to tell everyone you know, I want, I want those to be the two things you remember from this Merry Christmas.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. Is that all you got? Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So for you out there in podcastia, look for lobos and lichens. Stay grounded in the fog and keep your nose free from nasal parasites like all the reindeer except apparently Rudolph here in life, death, and taxonomy.
1: Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shout-outs on the show, but ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow, so if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. Life, Death, and Taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> here's a fun fact for all the people that listen at the end. So, do you know how, did you know that reindeer also helped the Inuit people get past snow blindness as well? And here's how.
0: I did not know that. Uh,
1: the Inuits make, have traditionally made snow goggles. So, there's really funny pictures of Inuit people. In the 1800s, wearing these like trendy-looking su- sunglasses, almost uh, they look like 80s 80, oh, they look something like, that you'd um, see in the
0: 80s. They look like eclipse glasses. Yeah,
1: I've uh, seen. Uh, these. They're like they're they're like wood or I think like that walrus ivory. The, the same that,
0: principle applies of uh, like yes. shielding your eyes during an eclipse and also avoiding sn- uh, snow blindness.
1: But the caribou uh, help them because sometimes it's made of caribou antler and the strap that goes around the head is caribou sinew.
0: You see, when you said that that they help them initially, I thought that they like led them places. No.
1: No, 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 no. They give of themselves. <laughs> uh, some, I mean, if you find something else to strap it around your head, the animal doesn't even need to die. You just get them in the spring. It's like it's like buying Christmas lights after Christmas. It's cheaper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you don't even have to touch the animal. They just fall off anyway.